Hey guys, what's up? Welcome once again to the Save Continue Podcast. My name is Ryan Robinson. That's Tom Shelby. Hello. There's Shannon Howard. What's up? Late Easter. Uh, every week we get together, uh, we talk about video games, and we drink beers uh, sometimes. Uh, how was, was everyone Easter? Exactly. Yeah? What about your Shannon? Well, I worked, uh, so um, my Easter involved not any of the fun that Tom seemed to have. Tom came up with a new tattoo, so that's right. Yeah, he got he got new ink. Should we got tied yeah, up? Let's do this. Yeah, you see, yeah, I see that. Yeah, yeah. That means he killed a man. Bloody <laughs> years. Uh, Tom, what did you do today for for your Easter? I uh, just hung out with the family. Normal stuff. Yeah. Died eggs. Ate food. Oh, your eggs had sparkles. They did. Uh, yeah, that's it. Did you have an Easter egg hunt? Did you we participate? Did. No, I did not participate. So you got no candy? Mm-mm. I got my kids candy, you know. Sure. What's theirs is mine. Sure. <laughs> you Dad tax. You ought to know. You bought it. That's right. Uh, Tom. Tell you what I did do today. What? Well, let's do trivia first. Sure. Uh, Actually, I'm really curious about the trivia say. because uh, I want to know why it is that you think I'll get this. I want to know what love is. In the video game for the PlayStation, uh, Um Jammer Lammy. I'm not going to get this. What's the name of the band? Oh, oh, I think I can think of. I've, I'm going to presume that the name of the band is the, is the same as the name of the game. No. Mm-mm. I don't know. It's, it's milk something, right? Yeah, see? You know. It's you milk know. something. Milk, 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 uh, milk, milk mom, milk man. Milk pop. Milk babe. Uh, milk lamb. Milk son. Milk. Black, milk. Black milk son. Milk Won't can. Won't you come? Okay. Milk can. Why did you think I was going to know that? You almost did. Yeah. I've never played that game before, though. You almost knew. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I absorb a lot of information in passing, so... Sure. Uh, so, yeah. Today I finished up all the important endings for Nier Automata. How and do you feel some. about it? And then some. And then some, yeah. I think I'm at about 10-ish endings. Uh, I love it. It's a fantastic game. Do you, so, is there more story for you to digest after what you've already done? Uh, there's quests that I have not done yet that I can go back and do. Right. Uh, it's made me want to play near gestalt and near replicant which i had no desire to before mm. so i'll probably play those when did those come out those are the last gen ones mm. uh basically we got near which is gestalt in japan right okay. gestalt was released on 360 we never got replicant which was released on ps3 uh as far as you know because you seem to <clears throat> have been looking into these uh, quite a bit yeah are they all about robots and stuff uh, there are androids in both, mm. but the emphasis is not on androids or robots in the first year. Mm. Uh, when I was watching you play uh, this last weekend, there was a lot of yelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, A lot of people were upset about a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, well, you lost me as I finished my first playthrough. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that game looks really cool. It's excellent. It is very, very good. Uh, I was telling Tanae before you got here, like, so it, you know, it's constantly changing genres, but like, towards the end of my third playthrough, uh, visual novel, which like I was not expecting at all, mm. yeah, 
People rarely are. Yeah. Uh, very actually, when I was looking at that game, I was like, this seems like this is an anime ass video game. I feel like I mean it's Japanese. If that's what you mean, that's not what I mean. <laughs> Uh, it had a lot of, it had a lot of stuff going on, but one of the things that I really, I guess I've stole, I can't, I can't get, like, my mind around is, like, you were telling me that the, the blindfolds that they wear are some kind of heads-up display? It's their, yeah, it's like a visor. Does, does it, like, ever, like, expound, does it ever, like, uh, illustrate that for you? No. Or does it just, they just tell you that's what it is? Yeah. Hmm. That game seems really weird, but it seems really fun. I don't the uh, the shooting the shoot 'em up aspect actually was like actually I was like I bet they could make a really good shooter based on this or like they just make a good shooter with this what they have here. Well, it's funny. I want to do an episode of Procedural Generation on this. We talk often about uh, Jack of All Trades, Master of None, yeah, and how I believe like games like like Grand Theft Auto Five has a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. There's driving, there's pool, there's yeah. tennis, there's shooting. Sure. It does a lot of things, but it does none of those things Very incredibly well. well. Yeah. There are other games that do everything that that game does better, yeah. you know? Uh, because of their focus. Right, exactly. And Automata tries to do a lot of different things as well, but I feel like the individual parts of that game could be their own game and do quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. Was that the 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 those uh, shoot 'em up levels that you were that I'd see you play? I was like, this could be a whole game. Right. Um, do you, Do you think that maybe it has to do with the format? The fact that like near is like meant to go from genre to genre, and that's like how it's supposed to be. Well, things like Grand Theft Auto, uh, it's supposed to be just kind of an all encompassing game. And like, I guess like. Yeah, I mean, Grand Theft Auto is certainly not meant to have as much focus. Sure. It's supposed to be go do what you want, and they're very largely successful at that. Uh, but just, you know, if you pick it apart, if you break down each individual part, there are plenty of games that do driving better, plenty of games that do shooting better, you know. I guess it does open world better than most, but, you know. And I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even say that's true anymore. Um, no, not anymore. But, uh, but, like, the thing about Nier is, and this is, and this is just, this is a passive observation because I've never actually had my hands on the controller with that game before. Sure. Um, but every part of the, every time I see that I'm watching you play and you're switching genres, uh, every single time that happens, <coughs> like, like for example, I, I could see you like being like, oh, it's another shooter level. And I think uh, a lot of Deer fans, Drakengard fans probably feel that way. Like a lot of Drakengard fans have voiced the fact that they don't care for the 9S playthrough because it is... A heavy emphasis on that shooting part, right. you know, uh, which that's not what they're used to. Right. There is some. There is some of that in the first near. Well, but... it's like. Well, it's like uh, when you're playing a game and it, and like the mechanics change to like do a specific thing, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, for example, like you, you're the mechanics change because you're gonna do you're gonna hack into a computer or something. Right. And then you're like, shit, I gotta do this hacking mini game again. I just, I really don't want to do this because it's tedious and it's not fun. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I watched you play near every time, like you were just, you were fully engaged regardless of what you seem to be doing. But I like the, that genre, you know? Yeah. Whereas a lot of... Well, because what I'm saying is it could have easily, like it could have been like bad shooter level. Right, It could have right, been right. bad hacking mini game, you know? Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's fantastic. I think everybody should play it. Did you get any of that DLC? I did not, but I plan to. And like, it's not important 
like it's not story driven DLC it's, or anything it's all like, that. like fighting arenas and stuff yeah like but at this point I just want any excuse to keep playing it sure you know sure. I'm like I'm to the point now where like I went through Shadow of the Colossus did like everything you can possibly do in that you know right and Not through, found all the goats. Going through near and doing damn near everything you can do in that. Although, oddly enough, much like Shadow of the Colossus, there was an article that went up last month that uh, Yokotaro says that there are secrets in the game that people still haven't found. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be the one to search for them and find them. <laughs> right. But, like, I'm getting to the point where I played two games back to back to completion uh, that I just fucking love. Right. And I'm just like, whatever I play next is not going to make me as happy. Why you do you know? think that? I because I I don't never before have I played two games back to back that I've liked this much. Right. And I feel like while well, the next game I play, I'm sure will be something I, I enjoy and be good. It's not going to stack up. Why you don't know? you play something shitty so you can get like a bit of cleanse? <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> I don't say that's what you want. I'm saying why don't you just like do a palate cleanser? Yeah. As far as like the genre changing, the interesting thing is like with the control scheme that Platinum Games came up with. For that game, it's the same control control scheme. Whether you're doing a vertical scrolling shooter, whether you're platforming, whether you're doing hack and slash, whether you're doing the twin stick shooter, it's the same con control scheme, and it works seamlessly well between all of them. Right. Yeah. Well, I was thinking. That's really nice. I was thinking about how it, how they could have easily just made mediocre. They could have been like really mediocre about everything, right? They could have just been all like, the Activision games. Yeah. Yeah. They could have just been, well, they could have just like, like the shooting levels could have been mediocre and like the hacking minigame could have been mediocre, right? And Sure. And people would have forgiven them because that's not the emphasis, right? Right. Much like with GTA. But it seems like, and again, this is a passive observation, but it seems very much like attention had gone into all of those, into, into those things mm -hmm. to make, to make sure that you remain engaged and make sure that's not something that just like, I got to do the shooting. Yeah. I got to do the shooting up level. I got to do this hacking minigame again. It just seems, it seems like everything in that game was intentionally designed to actually be engaging and sure and the amount of detail is just ridiculous like there is a reason for literally everything and like every npc has an incredible backstory if you're looking for it sure every weapon has an incredible story if you're looking for it like, does it do okay so i know that you haven't played a lot of the dark souls games or uh, very much bloodborne but does it do the thing where it's it kind of expands the lore of the game like through item descriptions yeah, I mean, there's weapon stories, and you unlock more of them as you level individual weapons right. up. Well, see, that's uh, cool, like, yeah. too, because, like, in Dark Souls, that's not something that, like, like the, everything, the descriptions remain the same, but yeah. you're saying that as you level up an item or a weapon, then it'll, you'll get more stories. Right, which is apparently something that has existed in the, in the franchise. I just, this is my first game in the franchise. Sure. But. Um, I wonder if Panzer Dragoon will come back. That's what I keep thinking about when I think of Nier, is, like, um, it's funny you say that. There's a manga that is one of the endings, like, takes place after the one, one of the endings of Drakengard 3, which Drakengard 3, canonically, through the games, never actually connects to the first Drakengard. Right. Uh, but it does through a manga that's called Dragon Dragoon. I'm saying, y'all talk about, like, Kingdom Hearts being confusing. Yeah. At least they all have Kingdom Hearts Well, Kingdom Hearts, Hearts is confusing. Title. Only in that, like, <laughs> I can't imagine a universe where Goofy is a hero. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, this series is definitely confusing, but, like, you don't need to know any of that stuff to play and enjoy this game, you know? Yeah. Whereas with Kingdom well, Hearts think... 3, apparently you will need to know all of it. it seems... And they're not going to give you any, uh, recap. Right. Supposedly. Well, it seems very much like Nier was 
designed as a as a means of getting people into that yeah. franchise. Also, by the way, Automata, uh, they say it that way in the game. So, so now you can how about it. that, you know? Yeah, that's a cooler way to say it, too. Yeah. Uh, Sinead, what have you been up to? Um, uh, work. Okay. Not sleeping. Okay. How are those things going for you? Oh, not good. Not yeah. good. Yeah. Which uh, one is going better? Mm, not sleeping. Cool. Wait, not sleeping? Yeah. Like, as in, very not, sleep, very, not very sleeping is sleep. going where, well for you. Oh, no, 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 I'm just better at it than going to work. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I've, I've been uh, playing Silicon Rights 2. Um, yeah, I'm coming up to some things that I forgot that I didn't like about the game. Like Haley Joel Osment? Nah, he's cool. Okay. He is cool. <laughs> he seems like a cool guy. Uh, but then uh, last week, Tom uh, suggested a Natomi that was coming out on the Switch, so... For no other reason than it was Natomi on the Switch. What was it called? Well, there's other Natomis on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, the Charming Empire. But when I see Natomi with that price tag, I'm like, man, this must be good. What's the price tag? 30 bucks, I think. Wow. Uh, I think it's 25. Oh. Something like that. Well, well like, that, I it's talking to I wanted to play Root Letter with her, which is a $60 PS4 Otomi. I mean, that's not a cheap date. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, I've played, like, other Otomis in this price range. Uh, yeah, no, I've been having fun with it, though. Um, it was originally a mobile game, so, uh, there's some, like, when it's transferred over, you can just tell that it's a mobile game. Sure. Uh, but it's still, like, a good one. But the paywall's been stripped out. Yeah, it's basically... you're already paying for it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I like it. Um, I really been, uh, really utilizing the... Uh, my Switch on the, like, the handheld versus TV yeah. a lot more than I have any of the other Switch games I've been playing. Uh, I mean, that that genre seems very suitable for Well, handheld. yeah, and it also used to be a mobile game, so it's just, like, yeah. it, like, it's... Because you want to play it in bed so you feel like the boyfriends are in bed with you. Uh, Only way you can play bows. In the bubble bath. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, it's like... Since if you it's... dropped your switch... In the I, was just thinking, I was just thinking about that. It's like, bloop. Oh, it's like... man, I'd laugh so hard. <laughs> oh, Santa. Anyways. Uh, what? What? That was the name of one of the boyfriends. Uh oh. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so it's been fun. Because, like, it's it's a reading. Uh, a lot of... There's not a... There's not a lot of voice acting. I think there's actually some pretty good voice acting for it. Um, but, like... Because it's a lot of reading, uh, like I'll play it while I'm like cooking or like getting other stuff done, uh, and it's like pretty easy or like getting ready. Uh, so like I'll just take it off the docket, like oh I need to start getting ready for work. And sure. All Does Bruno ever get jealous of the fake boyfriends? No, I, I, I actually, that. I actually, uh, when I first, uh, no, that guy's not so cool. Have you ever looked at him and said, why can't you be like this? Bruno actually bought. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, Berto actually bought it for me because I lost my debit card. You wanted you to get off his back? No, I lost my debit card again. Oh, so now your head's getting cut off, cut off a little bit. Oh, You yeah. lost your debit card again? Again, So yes. he bought you a boyfriend? So, uh, I'm, I'm getting a new debit card, and uh, so I don't have one right now, so, um, so... So he bought it for you only because you couldn't buy it for yourself at the time? Yeah, I was like, hey, can we, I was like, can you buy it? And I just give you the cash right now for it. And... <laughs> Because no. all I have is cash right now. I would have said no. <laughs> and, he's like, and he's like, no, you don't. And he just said, I don't have to pay him back, so he bought it for me. Uh, but yeah, so since he bought it, I was like, Berto, pick out my first boyfriend. 
So uh, I gave him the rundown of each of the, each of the guys, like kind of generally who they are. And he was just like, that one, shut up. <laughs> he was playing PUBG, so he just like moved an earphone and just like... Huh? <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, yeah. He was like, yeah. So of course he picked the one with the cool colors and like was wearing the gray clothes. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so then uh, there's gray a part clothes? where... Gray Like he likes, he likes, Green it's like, dust. he likes monotone stuff. Mm. Uh, anyways, so, uh, there's a scene, though, where, um, that boyfriend's, like, like, has, like, one of your hand, like, the, the picture, it has one of your, like, arms, like, in his hand. Okay. And he's, like, obviously yelling at the character. Uh, like, yelling at you? With yeah. Your, with, uh -oh. like, like, holding you, like, holding your arm? Like this, yeah. Ryan. <laughs> no, that's not okay. Um, that's not okay. Well, just, like, what, anyways. So that's just what the still scene is, because there's a lot of like CGs where it's just like still scenes okay. of, like, a, of like a whole like speech thing, right. and they're normally like just like a lot better drawn like than <laughs> other ones. Anyways, so I so I was like I like start yelling at Bird. I was like Birdo, Birdo, and he's just like what? I was like why did you pick this obvious abuser? And yeah. like and he's like I didn't know. So then I've just been giving him grief for picking out bad boyfriends for me. Sure. Hmm. So. It's very much a never mind. This is the one you were drawn to? <laughs> yeah. I was just yeah. giving him shit for the boyfriend he picked. Sure. Sure. And well the only one he wanted me to pick was was my brother, so Gross. Yeah, seriously. Wait, what do you mean your brother? Oh you're You know game. what a brother is, right? I know yeah. It's a, it, so <laughs> he, he had a picture with a bunch he had a picture with a bunch of boys. Right. And yeah. your brother is part of a part of that picture. He's like, Oh, either this guy or this guy. And I was so, like, Well, well that does one... the game let you pick him? Yes. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but like, me. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a romantic. You're not old enough to get that reference. Uh, I don't think it's a romantic interest. I haven't. I haven't done it yet. It's uh, when I was like at suggested play order because I don't like because uh, I don't like when um, a, a lot of it tell me if you play if you play them in a play them in a certain order, other stories will get ruined for you. Sure. So they're like every. Every forum I would go to, they was just like have like oh suggested like playthrough. Yeah. So uh, everyone suggested his last because like he's the emperor of the nation you're at, and he's your final. brother is. Yeah. Okay. You're a princess. Okay. My charming empire. Hello. You're a princess. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So uh, well, I, I don't. I don't think it's. Um, from what sure. I've gathered, I don't think it's a romantic Palpatine. route. Right. But I think that you find out about like political uh, like things going on in his route, and it kind of ties all the other stories together. That's cool. I'd like to play an Otomi with politics. <laughs> There's so many of them because princesses and like having to get married, you know, for st stability sure. and all that jazz. Coiler Sigma has a lot of politics. Yeah. Ryan, what have you been playing? Um, well, I have been playing. Actually, I've been playing a fair amount of Killing Floor 2 lately. Nice. Uh, you liking the endless mode? Yeah, I am. Uh, it's actually cool because. Uh, all right, so the for those of you who have played uh, Killing Floor, there's a there's a boss in those games called the Patriarch. Mm -hmm. Got uh, and, Oh, who, do you fight the Patriarchy? No, you don't fight the Patriarchy, but uh, <laughs> well, I guess I mean it depends on how you personify that, but uh, <laughs> no, but like you know how in the in the regular base game, like it was that that uh, disembodied voice of a French lady that would yeah, between rounds that we turned off. Yeah, so uh, in the endless mode. The the patriarch is the one who like, oh, says that's all awesome. stuff. So like he's like he says different stuff and like it's just him like saying like different things. And it's, Rare uh, even with a high like a heavily supported game to get new lines of dialogue. Yeah. Um, so and it took me a while. Is to, it the same actor? 
Yeah. 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 Well, no, it's a wildly like different actor. It loses how it happens. Uh, but they added new weapons, uh, a couple of new maps. One of them made by Tripwire, and another one was a community uh, map. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of it is a lot of fun. Um, but then I've also been kind of splitting my time between that and um, Vermintide Two, which uh, I'm still I'm still garbage at, like because I just because like you gotta grind it out. Well, but what 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 I don't I guess what I'm trying to understand is. That um, and I don't know if this was this was the case in Vermintide One, uh, and I don't know what the emphasis on ranged combat was in Vermintide One, but uh, pretty heavy. Okay, so there are. I mean, more melee, but okay. So that's that's still the same here. So, yeah. Um, every character seems to me to boil down to just the like the melee weapons. Like they differ from character to character. But it all just seems to boil down to the like basically the same experience regardless of the character you choose, except if you're choosing the magic casting lady. But yeah. like if you're choosing the uh, the um, the archer elf lady or the or the dwarf guy with the crossbow mm -hmm. or the or the other two, um, mm -hmm. eventually run out of ammo and then the whole thing just becomes like just wading through seas of whatever you want to call them. They're not rat men, all of them. Might this be because you're early in game? I'm not Maybe. positive. Would you call them all uh, With Vermintide 1, I played on, I mean, yeah. I don't remember what the, they called the class, but Ranger, right? Sure. And, uh, man, I, like, specifically in the first Vermintide, you're using that bow and arrow like a machine gun. Yeah. And um, I, I rarely ran out of ammunition, you know? Yeah, so, and the, throughout the maps, like, you do find... Uh, like stashes to replenish your ammunition and everything, uh, but there are so many enemies that you will quickly run out of ammo. Yeah. Um, and then you're you're relying on your melee weapon. The thing, and I don't know if this was a thing in the in Vermintide One. I don't know how much of it you played, but uh, every class has a subclass that is like apparently functionally different. Uh, I want to say that's new, but I'm not positive. Like the uh, the the elf lady that's like who's like her her base class is just an archer and then her her standby melee weapon is like some kind of like short sword yeah uh but then she has a subclass that like seems to have like a heavy emphasis on using a spear uh and like doing close range melee combat um so i don't know if every class like kind of switches it out like that depending on the subclass that you use um and i i kind of the, a lot of the strength of that game for me is kind of just the the community that surrounds it it's just it's cool to play an online game with with nice people because I typically like I'm at the point now where I don't play a lot of online games anymore. Well, it's interesting because we said the same thing about uh, Killing Four Two. Yeah. Right. But like, neither of those games are competitive. I mean, okay. I guess they are in a certain way, but yeah. not in the traditional sense. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I like the heavy emphasis on co-op, and I think that one of the th one of the reasons why I like I. Gravitated so heavily toward Monster Hunter over the over the past decade is just because like it's just a purely cooperative multiplayer experience and uh, and I I like that a lot more than you know uh, any kind of I I think that there could be like a fun comp a way a fun way to do competitive in like a game like Monster Hunter yeah but um you know I you know I prefer to like just to have a, a game where I'm just like bullshitting with my friends and killing a monster and you know. Um, you know that's that's kind of what I what I uh, envy toward, and that, I think that if I had more friends playing uh, Vermintide, it would be very much the same. Like that's kind of what it always is when we play 
when we play uh, Killing Floor 2 right. is like we're our conversation is very rarely about like what's happening in the game it's sure. usually about like we're having some kind of bullshit side conversation um, but yeah I, I uh, you know I like it a lot I just I wish I kind of wish that uh, I do wish I had more friends who played it but at the same time I, I most of my friends don't play on computer so that kind of that kind of stops with the worst but you know what's interesting is like the communication limitations of the Switch is kind of what have made what has made Splatoon two such a positive community, you know. Yeah. Like it is already just in general pretty it's all positive scribbles. community, but like yeah, it's mostly scribbles. Uh, but like there is chat, but everybody has to have the app. Sure. And not a lot of people like to use that app, right? Sure. So most people are using Discord. In which case, you are only speaking to your teammates that you are friends with on Discord. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and the community is very positive in other ways, but as far as like so keeping that, toxicity out, it's almost so in that way, uh, the toxicity level of uh, Splatoon is very much reliant on the toxicity level of your circle of friends. Sure. Yeah, definitely. And I think a large part of that is due to the limitations of the platform, uh, which I think is awesome, you know. Cool. If you think about like every innovative game we've had, like pretty much ever, it's due to the limitations of the platform. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, and I, and honestly, yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't been playing a lot of, uh, a lot like a lot of video games lately. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm working on a uh, working on a piece for uh, procedural generation, which I should be recording on this Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I got record player, so I've been spending a lot of time, like, tinkering around with that. Not tinkering, but, like, playing around with that, so that's been fun for me. Sure. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of it. Um, I, yeah, I actually, I came home last night, and I didn't, like, I came home, and I put on a record, and I poured a glass of whiskey, and I didn't turn on my TV at all, and it was, like, really weird, because it's the first time, in the four months that I've been living in that apartment, it's the first time that I didn't turn on the TV and it was like kind of bizarre for me. I don't watch a lot of TV, but Bates Motel has got me sucked in. Uh, Sinead, you need to start watching Bates Motel so that we can talk to you about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, just so we can talk to you. Did you finish the first season? No, I didn't finish the first season yet, but... Oh, man. He, he had a record player. He got no time. Yeah, sure. 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 Uh, yeah, actually, just when I... Right before we started the show, I got a text with tracking information for a record that I ordered, but... Uh, um, Base Motel, you gotta watch it. But just be forewarned, Norman is the worst part of that show. Okay. He's growing on me. What do you mean? As I look at that actor, like, it, it started when we were at your place watching it, and I look at him and I'm like, you know, he looks a lot like Anthony Perkins. Like, he looks like a young Anthony Perkins. He really does. Okay. And as you start watching the show and paying attention to his mannerisms and the way he speaks and the words he chooses, it is very much how Hitchcock wrote that character. Right. You know? And he's not necessarily supposed to be likable. Sure. So, yeah. I, I think I just dislike the actor. Yeah. Uh, his acting's bad. But, um, yeah, I don't play video games anymore. I'm retired. Sure. I'm We're shutting it down. Yeah. This show's over. I got a record player. <laughs> Do you know what that no. is? <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to the Save Continue podcast. Uh, you don't we, have to be welcome back. I cut all that we out We took anyway. a little break. Well, you don't say... It. Are you going to cut out this? You telling me that I don't have to do it? Yeah. Aww. Okay, you're going to cut out this too? Yeah. I'm going to cut out until you start talking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can I start talking? Yeah, start talking. Maybe today I'll leave it in.
Because this is funny to me. <laughs> Sinead, start talking. Uh, you know what we're not going to talk about this week? What's that? L word. Near, near Automata. <laughs> we already talked about it, actually. Not, not, well, not, not to anymore. the extent that I'd like to. Take it away, Tom. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. You know, I feel like Tom sometimes gets in these games and then he says he wants me to, he says he wants me to play it so that we can talk about it, but he's already bought me a bunch of other games that I haven't played yet. Right. So I got to get around to those so that I can play those and we can talk about those games. You have to look at it the way that I look at it, right? How's that? Me buying games the way that I do, which over the course of 2017 and the first few months of 2018, over the course of one year has been over 400 games, which is just ridiculous. Right, but like what I'm it's saying not is, with, how, how am I supposed to know how to prioritize which games? You prioritize the games you want to play. Sure. Uh, you know. But I want to have these conversations. You know, I want to I want to be able to talk about these things that you're so excited about. You sure? There are like a, there have been games over the past year that I still haven't played that you have said I want to talk to you about this. Right. But you've also done some that we've been able to talk about. Sure. Spec uh, Ops. Sure. Which is free. Oh, no, it's not free anymore. Mm -mm. You guys missed out. Did you get that when it was free? No. Uh, I got a key for it if anybody wants it. Shane, do you want it? Okay. Alright. I got, I got the Charming Empire. Sure. You know what I was thinking about this week? What's that? Uh, we've talked about it in the past. Uh, like, you know, digital versus physical. But just like, how often... Or how long now it takes for digital games to go down in price compared to their physical counterparts? It you know it's really dependent on publisher. I feel like uh, uh, I think you it hurts you more because the games you are into are typically games from Asia, and those tend to take longer than games from the West. Well, I'll even see like uh, uh, I mean of course there's like there's like good deals that are on like online. I'm not saying there's like. Not every single digital game is like more expensive than their physical counterpart. Right. But uh, I mean, like you'll see like physical copies get discounted for like, um, like before digital ones because like the uh, the retail store needs to sell their stock. Right. And if people conven yeah. can conveniently for the same price or less just download it at home, what's really the incentive to go to the store? Yeah. Well, it's funny. Ryan and I have talked about this a bit. We actually talked about it this last week. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that if GameStop, if a publisher, this is why I get pissed when people announce this game shipped this much, right? Because if GameStop has this many copies of Game X and they don't sell, then GameStop has two choices. They can either discount the price and take a loss, or they can sell it back to the publisher, which by law, that publisher has to buy those games back. Uh, whereas digital, digital works pretty much the same way. When you buy a digital copy of a game on a platform, you might think, well, this is never-ending. The keys are limitless, right? Which is true to an extent, but, like, every time you buy a game, let's say, whatever, Modern Warfare comes out on PS4, right? Sony has paid for a specific amount of those keys. You know, it works the same way. The reason that we see dis discount at retail faster uh, is because... We're talking about physical space. Well, we're talking one about physical space. We're also talking about the right. You have to clear out inventory to make room for more inventory. You're also looking at the fact that the majority of those discounted prices are used, which means somebody has already paid for them once. Uh, publishers already been paid on that. They're not getting paid on it a second time, you know. But uh, yeah, specifically with with the games that you tend to gravitate towards, 
Let's take a painful amount of time to drop in price digitally. Uh, yeah, also, uh, I forgot what I was reading. Uh, sorry, Tom, hate me for the sources, lack of sources. But about, uh, retailers and publishers having, uh, an agreement for a set time where they weren't going to drop the digital sale until, uh, the stock of, uh, this had gotten lower so that the... Right. Well, it's, it's the same re it's, it's Walmart and GameStop and big, you know, Best Buy, Target. Right. They need a reason to keep these games in stock. And if Sony's not playing nice and they're dropping the price of digital super fast, and that's where everybody's going to buy those games now, uh, which is becoming the case. Yeah. Walmart, GameStop, Best Buy, Target have less of a reason to carry the hardware. Right. Um, and that's really the I I honestly feel like that's if we take the uh, we take used games out of the equation, uh, then I honestly think that's the main reason for brick and mortar uh, video game <clears throat> retailers to be there is for the per is for the sale of hardware. Because like, well, I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see specifically with GameStop where they're making most of their money. Whether it's because at this point. You go into GameStop and it's not what it was ten years ago, right? It's like, it's like oh. a GameStop and a Spencer's combined. How much do you think? Uh, yeah, it's like it's it's thinking. Right, exactly. It's... Are they are they making more off of merch than they are off of? Well, even software. so, if, if we're talking about like uh, used hardware versus used software, like, and I'm thinking about like how much are they making off of used hardware? I'd imagine a decent amount. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder because if think about like, even if you buy a 360 now at GameStop, mm -hmm. you're still paying I think eighty ninety dollars, right? Which is nuts considering how old that is. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know I, I, I look at I look at the digital marketplace and I look at the, uh, you know I look at the. Um, <clears throat> Snake's the, pulling it up now. The brick mortar like uh, uh, retailers and like, like a lot of times like. You'll see people who game primarily on uh, consoles saying, man, I wish that PSN or Xbox uh, Live had like sales with a frequency that Steam does, um, which like that would be great. But like the reality for PC is different mm -hmm. now than it was 10 years ago, right? Most, most PC stuff isn't sold physically anymore. Sure. Well, I know. Uh, even, I also even, think... ten, even 10 years ago, it, it wasn't as much as like, say, like. 20 or 15 years ago. Right. Yeah. Well, I also think it's it's all relative, too, right? I think that PSN and Xbox Live probably get the same amount of discounts, maybe not as heavily discounted as something like they seem Steam to have does. The same, it's just, it's relative. The library on Steam is many, many, many times the library on PSN. Right. You know? Like, because, like, there's... there's but like, the percentage of games on sale is probably right. similar. Well, I mean, because, like, there's a, there's a lot of stuff on Steam that you can just, like, throw out. A for sale, uh, like a non sale sign on, right? Like, right. There's like a ton of like, there's a ton of bullshit titles on Steam. It's like, uh, this is now 40% off now. Right. Uh, and like, and it might be that no one is buying it, right? Um, and, you know, the reality is different because, like, you know, it's. it's but it also with Steam might just be, it's summer. Right. You know? Uh, or it's, <laughs> hey, uh, it's season, a, it's season a, change. It's the third week of August. Right. So, um, well, you know, good, good old games, humble. Like they, they give away games almost weekly. One of them is giving away something. For and I, you know, I and I'd always wondered like what the methodology behind that was, um, as far as how they are able, like not how they're able to make the sales happen, but like how it's how they choose like you know 
what games they're gonna put that they're gonna put discounts on. It's a it's a good PR move. Yeah. You go to a publisher and say, hey, we'd like to offer your game for free on Humble. Yeah. You know, and they're like, well, it's a charity thing. Sure. Of course. Uh, you know, then, you have like Platinum. Had, and typically, it's an old game that's not worth a lot now anymore. Yeah. Spec Ops, right? Uh, well, yeah, publishers are offering like huge but, chunks of their like their libraries on sale for or like at a huge discount on on Humble. You know, um, and it is a good PR. Like have your have your your name on the on the front page of a charity sure. especially with the IGN acquisition yeah like they've got they can afford more sure they can afford to take a loss more so than humble could be, uh, previously right. you know uh but there's also like the the thought process of when it comes to sales and marketing and stuff like that to give some for free to create more of a fan base so then you can offer more products. Well, sure, so sure. Like, and not yeah. to mention, you offer a game for free, people are going to the site. And if they're going to the site, they're seeing your other games. Yeah. You know. Well, I think it's, that... It's building up your fan base and your core audience for your other items. I mean, I think that I think that one of the best cases for that uh, was uh, was Rocket League. Um, that game launched on... When that game launched on a, on... PSN, which is the only thing it launched on. Yeah, it uh, it was it was a free it was a it was yeah. a PS Plus game and yeah. like a bunch like millions of people downloaded it and like now millions of people are still purchasing it. Yep. Um, and you know there's there's something there's definitely something to that, but like at the same time like that's a huge that's a huge gamble that you're taking, you know. And um, yeah, it yeah. is. I mean, think about the games that have done it and have failed because of it. Right. You know, such as. Such as most of what Santa Monica Studios published last year, which is a Sony-owned studio, you know? What did, <laughs> like, what did they publish? Stuff like Drawn to Death, uh, Hardware Rivals, things what like that. What was Drawn to Death? Drawn to Death, it was like David a... David Jaffe's game. It was like this third-person competitive shooter. Oh, uh, from what... When I which think... Drawn to Death did, did not launch for free. It did launch as a PS Plus game, though. Uh, it was supposed, intended to be a free-to-play game, but they decided last minute to pull a plug on that and make it a pay-to-play game. Right. Uh, that game, while I think it was a decent game, was gone like that. It seems like that's also not necessarily a problem of giving it out for free. And I don't know. I don't think that necessarily applies in the same sphere as. But what? No, well, it's not that giving it out for free is necessarily ruining the game or anything like that. It's definitely, it's not making the product any worse. No, I'm but, saying as like as far as a gamble, I'm saying that the that the sudden change at the end seems like that's more of a problem than necessarily taking a gamble by giving it out for free. Well, I mean, Santa Monica was, at least over the last couple of years, Sony's initiative into games as a service. Uh, and if you think about Sony's first party lineup versus Microsoft's first party lineup, uh, we don't see that anymore, right? Sony's focusing on single player story driven games, whether that be Uncharted or Spider-Man or God of War or Horizon or the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Microsoft is getting more into games as a service, you know, and... I think a large part of that is the failure of Santa Monica Studios, but. Well, I mean, the gamble is really like, okay, so, you know, take a set static amount here, and we'll give your game for, we'll, we'll put your game up for free. Right. Or, uh, or potentially you can make pro you can make more profits by, we'll just put your game out for retail. Now, I think the big thing with games like, with a game like Drawn to Death is that it, it, I think that it just it got it didn't get a lot of really good word of mouth uh, post launch, and I think that's really what what killed it. Because I mean I think that you know again it goes back to Rocket League like 
like that game came out, that game launched for free, and it got a lot of positive buzz. It had a lot of positive press. And it like, did, but like it had it. a lot of negative press too. Yeah, it was a successor to a game that failed. Sure, um, you know, like which, like in and of itself, like making a successor to a game that didn't do well, uh, you know, that comes with its own set of risks too. Mm -hmm. But uh, doing it right, it can pay off, like Rocket League, Near Automata, you know, things like that. But you know. Um, when you when you put that much time and effort into a game, you you, you definitely want to see if you can get back your uh, you know you definitely want to see if you can get that investment back, and sometimes going free is a way to kind of serve as like a catalyst to that, like in the case of Rocket League, or it could serve as a means of getting it into a bunch of people's hands at once, and then they're and then you know you have even more people who just happen not to like it, and then that's that that. Discourages other people. From I really do wonder with Rocket League though, because like Rocket League seems like the Blair Witch of movies. Like that game is incredibly profitable, and probably did not take a lot to produce. Um, See, there's also like if you get like a set amount, like here's this for that. That is. <sighs> well, there's that, that, there's, that a, is, that there's is an appeal to that kind of safety, I think. Well, also it just it can make a lot of sense by by, by having that safety net, but also just like. Taking that price and and just going with it and then try and then using that to boost other items, because I don't know. I mean, were they planning on anything after Rocket League? I wonder. What do you mean, like developing another game? Mm-hmm. I'm sure at some point, yeah. But right now, why would they do that? No, I'm not saying. I'm saying before it went viral, like when they first made that decision. I mean, it just really depends on what you want as your strategy as far as selling your games well, and, and your company. Well, it's kind but, of like... Uh, so, a studio as small as Psyonics probably didn't have something in the pipeline that quickly. You but, know? I mean, you think about how that game served as a successor to a game that wasn't successful. And just like, well, you know, your first game didn't do so hot. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to you're gonna put out the second game. It might it could potentially do worse because people know about your first game. Right. But here's, here's a static amount that you could have. I'm gonna put your game out for free, and we'll see how it does. Uh, so there's an appeal to that because that kind of that kind of takes some of the pressure off. Because they know they're getting something. Yeah, uh, that that'll take some of the pressure off. Um, and I honestly feel like what happened with Santa Monica is that's kind of like I feel like more of an anomaly than anything. Well, I mean that's not like Santa Monica proper. That's just a publishing thing. Sure, right? it was under that banner. Right. Uh, Santa Monica Studios proper did help with development of those games. Right, but that's not like those aren't Santa Monica games. Right, you know, like. Um, and it, it, it that's just that's the thing. That's the thing of it, though. You know, you launch when you launch a game, especially like if you have like if you launch a game from uh, from an established franchise, if it's if it's not popular, then you know people are going to be wary of it. And there, but there, I mean, then you have to weigh it against like the risk of like what if you're launching like a brand new IP, right? Um, brand or, new IP is always more risky. Yeah, uh, because like there, it's a, it's an unknown quantity. Even um, if the original game failed. Brand new IP is still more risky. Yeah, um, and here's and one of the things that I think about a lot is, um, and this is something that I I think I actually think about this maybe once a week. I think about um, I think about the uh, 2012 reboot of Twisted Metal a lot. Mm -hmm. um, also had Jackie <laughs> behind it. Uh, Good old Jaster. And you know I don't think you know and honestly I don't know how much of that was of that game was his vision. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, Twisted Metal, you know, you know, Twisted Metal Two, regarded by many to be one of the greatest car combat games of all time. Absolutely. Um, and you know, granted, you know, with 
with uh, three and four, that game kind of like took a decline in quality. But they brought it back with with uh, black. with black, and that was that was the what became in my mind the quintessential twisted metal game, right? And then uh, then the reboot was announced, and you know. And I can't, like, anecdotally, I can't remember what kind of buzz was generated. <laughs> they drove that, that fucking uh, thing on stage. What was it, a Sweet Tooth truck? Yeah. That sounds like, that sounds about right. That sounds about right for a video game promotion. Um, and it just, it just wasn't there, you know? Like, that game released at, I believe that game released at full retail. I could be wrong about that. Um, I would assume so. Sony, as well as Microsoft, were not experimenting with price points last gen as much as they are now. Yeah, um, and like, and, and that's another thing too. Like, you you're rebooting what was at the time a uh, a 15 year old property that like had been dormant for shit like over a decade, mm -hmm. um, and radically changing the formula uh, in a lot of different ways, and you know, and that that in itself proved to be like a really dangerous proposition that didn't pay off. Um, and I don't know what that did for because uh, you've said it before. Like people are kind of people kind of shit on Jaffe a lot. Um, a lot of people shit on Jaffe. Um, and that, I don't know if it was. I don't know if it's because. But it's also his attitude about things. I love David Jaffe, but I've said it before. Jaffe very much is the Gordon Ramsay of video games. Yeah. You know, like, and. And so that's why I say I like I don't know how much of that was his vision. Like he was like, you know, this needs to be this needs to this is how I see this game. Yeah. That's how it needs to be. And like there maybe there were other people who were like, hey man, like this isn't what Twisted Metal is and people aren't really gonna be into it. Yeah. Um and I don't know, but what's funny is like you see Jaffe and you see like Ken Levine recently, like in recent years. Like what's and they what are, is he up to? Well, his studio just closed. What was it called again? Uh that detective we, company thing, I can't just, remember. We just looked it up like a couple yeah. weeks ago. Uh, and both of them are, like, just making excuses for why their projects are failing. And it's sad to see, like, because they are two great directors, you know? Uh, well, like, let's... Why, why do you think they're failing? I don't know. It's hard to say for Killavine, right? Because he's got, like, this... Like, if we just... Well, either. We just... Well, I mean... Yeah, I mean, okay, so David Jaffe, he's got the... He's got the God of War pedigree, right? Sure. That, that's, like, that's... Probably like got a word for some metal, like that, yeah, that's like, got, like, right. And then you have then you have Ken Levine, who's like got like the Bioshock mm. pedigree behind him, right? And he's got, I mean, he's got he's on stuff, but like most people know the bio the no Bioshock, and so when you like it's kind of like with movies, like like from the producer of mm? you know this movie. So like if you tell me that the director, uh, like if you tell me that the director of God of War is making this thing, I'm all in. If you tell right. me that the director of Bioshock is making this thing, I'm all in, right? But they come from a time, both of those gentlemen come from a time when people weren't paying attention to who directed video games. Right. So I think that and I think in that, the industry and people who are in the know, their names carry a lot more weight than the general public. I think that like around you know? when Bioshock, when the first Bioshock came out is when people really, really started paying attention to that sort of thing. Right. Um, definitely not when Twisted Metal, back in Twisted Metal's heyday, I don't think people I mean, think of it. like when you played Metal Gear Solid for the first time and yeah. you saw Hideo Kojima's name, you... Kojima probably meant nothing to you for even years after that. Right. You know? But... And even still, like, I think about, like... I I, I actually remember um, the Psycho Manus fight uh, from Metal Gear Solid 1. <laughs> and when the skin would go black and just say Hideo. Yeah. I was like, what is a Hideo? Yeah. You know? Uh, <laughs> what's a Hideo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 12-year-old uh, Ryan was like, what's a Hideo? Yeah. Um, exactly. 
And, but like, like he put his name all over that bitch. But I, like, like his name meant nothing to anybody for until years after. Right. Um, and it's in. It's a different time. And that kind of and like now, like if I if I hear you know, if I hear Sam and Dan Hauser, like I was like, well, they do the, the Grand Theft Autos and the yeah. Um, you know, if I Grand Theft Auto. If I hear if Hauser's are different though, man. They're more reclusive than fucking Yoko Taro. Yeah, but. they have a and they got a weird fetishization of. West Coast hip hop, which yeah. was like really strange to me, but um, and then if I hear Dan Hauser, like I know Far Cry, and you know if and so like I know names, right? Right. And it's like and and I was talking to you before about how that's like a different kind of celebrity, which is like now more appealing to me than like movie star status. Mm -hmm. um, but you know that being said, if if the Hauser brothers were to like release like, hey, we're putting out this like new free to play game, um, I don't know. I probably wouldn't be as into it, like, and I don't know, and I think it might be because, it might have something to do with, like, that pedigree, like, the pedigree that you have behind you doesn't necessarily translate in the way that it might have before. Yeah. Um, uh, like, I don't, like, like, da like with David Jaffe in, in, uh, and Drawn to Death, like, even people, like, you could have taken, like, your, like, past knowledge of who he was, and applied it to your logic behind the purchase, but like it didn't do that game any favors. I think also Sony didn't do that game any favors. It wasn't hev heavily advertised, you know. I played Drawn to Death. I talked to that team about Drawn to Death. Drawn to Death is a fun game. It's very, you know, I could see a lot of Borderlands fans liking it because it is very much a 13 year old boy's fantasy, you know. Right. But uh, there's nothing wrong with that, there's an audience for that. It's a fun uh, game. It's a very fantasy. original game. Power fantasies are good. But, uh... There's an audience for that, but maybe the audience just isn't large enough. I think the audience is probably large enough. I just think it wasn't advertised well enough. Uh, of course, uh, I know nothing about marketing. Maybe the audience isn't large enough. I don't know. Kind of, uh, kind of a little different gear. So, with, like, uh... Just to preface it. So, like, with, uh... Like makeup, there's like on YouTube, there's like beauty influencers Correct. that have like large followings, and they'll get like uh, deals with like different makeup companies to do a like they call it a collaboration, and it's basically their name and on a palette, and like they get to choose like a bunch of stuff, and they're like heavily involved. I'm doing air quotations because some are and some aren't. Right. But I wonder, like, so like kind of like beauty influencers, I guess video game influencers would definitely be like Twitch stars. I wonder if we're going to see, like, collabs with, like, on that front. I don't doubt that that would happen. I wonder I wonder how successful that, like... I mean, we already see that, right? Blizzard's done it to an extent. How so? If you think about Overwatch and the professional players, like, their team skins are in that game. No, I it's mean, like... It's not that different. I mean, like, they actually, like, like, oh, uh, like, top influencers will, like, have a part of, like, helping develop the game. Well, I, I think not. Well, I mean, they, yeah, that's so like, that's, like, it's funny, have, it's funny that you say parts. that because, um, but like, the, but I think it was, uh, like, Lyric is like a big Twitch I person. I think it was like EA, I think, with the, uh, shit. There was some game that I, that EA was developing like last year or the year before where they called in like top influencers to like help like develop some game and they're like, like, get, like, get feedback. Like, and, and, and they, I don't know how much... Oh, it was fucking um, Battlefront. Battlefront 2. Well, that worked well. 
Uh, I don't. Maybe maybe the influencers told him to put all the loot boxes. In sure. There, I don't know. We want more boxes. <laughs> Look, if you want me to buy this game, I need to buy more of this game. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know, but like they, that's what they. That's one of the ways that they marketed that game, right? They were like, "Hey, we got all these Twitch stars. We got these. We got these." We didn't. They didn't use the word influencers because that's like that's kind of like not a word that you want to use when trying to sell something. But like they were I like mean, we got we got these Twitch stars but like they start they were like na they were like name dropping people who were like big on Twitch and like yeah. big on YouTube and shit. They're like we invited them into the studio, we helped them develop, and then all they showed was like short snippets of those people in the studio playing the game and saying, yeah, I like that thing or but, I like that thing. Well, you know, you know with Twitch influencers, I don't necessarily think that's a, a helpful thing. But like if you look at like Capcom. Uh, and Blizzard for that matter. Capcom is very good about bringing in FGC right. uh, to help with development of those fighting games, you know? And they need them. They need those professional players to tell them, hey, this is broken, this isn't balanced. You well, know? I think that in the fighting game scene, like, and correct me if I'm wrong. I say fighting game scene, it seems like uh, exactly what I was thinking. I was like, about having those developers, I didn't realize that they did that. Yeah, well, Capcom specifically does it. Well, no, yeah, I just didn't. I yeah. didn't know that they did. That's I find that pretty interesting. Like I was thinking, like somebody like with the following of say like Lyric, that like maybe all they play is first person shooters. Yeah. So the next Call of Duty game, they like say that like that person existed and, and they have like that person go in yeah. and weigh in during development before it's made. Like, like and I think fully. that's a good idea, but I think a company like Sledgehammer would be more likely to bring in somebody like Optic Scumpy or something like that, like a professional player, not a... like. And that guy does Twitch, and he does YouTube, but I think they're more likely to bring in a pro than some guy who has a lot of views. So, like, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're, uh, you're more engaged with, or you consume more content involving the fighting game community than I do. But uh, as far as things like Evo, like I mm -hmm. feel like Evo is probably like a very powerful marketing tool for any fight, any like big fighting game. Absolutely, it's on um, ESPN now. You know, so like bringing in pros, like definitely it it benefits you in a very tangible way well, sure. to help balance the game. And and I don't know, and I want and like it makes me, well, like you saying that tells like because because basically what you're telling me is that uh, that. They bring in these pros to help them balance the game and make sure that mm -hmm. the game would, would in theory, be successful on a competitive stage. Right. Uh, which makes me like, which makes me wonder, like, did they do that with? What the hell they, happened with? Infinite. Because I feel like day I think one. Infinite was, I think Infinite was a very rushed game. Yeah. I think that's very apparent. Yeah. But, uh, but it's like it's it's. Even uh, it's the funny, th the 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 really cool thing about about that about what you said uh, as far as balancing is concerned is, like I don't know shit about Street Fighter. Okay. Um, but I can tell from a uh, from kind of a more of a pedestrian point of view that that game is balanced. Yeah, I mean, no fighting game is perfect, right? right. They're not, but like. And the larger the roster is, the harder that becomes. You can tell which ones are the worst games, and some of those have been Capcom games. Yeah. You know, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Colossus is, like, very well known, yeah. you know? Uh, even Street Fighter V, during it, before it was patched, you went online and all you saw was Rashid, 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 yeah. you know? Uh, Pokken. What was going on Pokken? Oh, there's, like, a, it's really unbalanced in a lot of aspects. Do you yeah. think, does Namco do the same? Do they bring in pros to help them balance games? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I think that for competitive games especially, it's it's a good idea. Yeah. You know? 
uh, it's a wise choice. I have to wonder if uh, because you, even think about like Housemark, right? Yeah, Housemark bringing in Eugene Levy to help them with the games. Uh, not Eugene Levy. Not Eugene Levy. <laughs> Eugene Jarvis. <laughs> Different Eugene. That's the second time you've made that yeah. mistake. <laughs> bringing in Eugene Jarvis to help them with the games. Right. Uh, like. That's a smart idea. If you are making a game that this person was had a hand in creating, right. you know, if you're making a genre of game that this person helped spawn, sure. uh, it's it's not a bad idea to have that person on your side. Yeah, and right. you know, um, I have a better friend than an enemy. <laughs> I've only you're just like you're like rubbing your beard in a very like. Oh. Well, I've only seen one company actually like. I've only seen one company actually kind of just like put that out there and be like, hey, we. We made sure to bring these people in to help make our game better, which... Like, well, Housemark made sure to put Eugene Jarvis' name all over everything. Right, but... Yeah. Uh, Even though you can't remember it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Eugene Love is just more important to me. Sure. Uh, he's, he's just been more stuff, you know? Sure, John. I mean, I like Defender, but... <laughs> you know. Have you guys seen New York in a minute? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know, but, like, that seems... Like, I don't know how much... I don't know how much of a hand these influencers truly had in the development of. Well, I'm sure, like Sinead's saying, their name just being on it is is important. But like with Capcom, I'm inclined to believe them because you don't see Daigo Nihara on the back of a box. You know, right. you don't see Justin Wong on the back of a box. Right. They don't put that all up in your face. Yeah, I can see if it ever if there ever was like a shift like that toward in the gaming community, like there was like there is in the beauty community. I imagine definitely see like third-party and indie games just like having that in there to help yeah. to help boost it sure i mean it certainly wouldn't hurt right i mean yeah already get a fan base already yeah. get a celebrity yeah yeah i can yeah so, so what the yeah. fuck were we saying so like indie game uh, indie developers using uh gaming celebrities yeah to... so if you think about a uh, drinkbox with guacamole uh drinkbox is technically, technically, by the definition of the term indie, not an indie studio, but they pretty much are an indie studio. Um, if you think about Guacamelee specifically, they didn't use celebrity, but they used a shit ton of, at least the first one, a shit ton of Easter eggs. Right. Uh, pointing to games that were some less popular, but the majority much more well-known than, than their their own game. And I don't think that they that hurt. Right. And I think that that was... Probably partially intentional. Same thing, Super Indie Cart. It's other indie games in that game. Sure. But they are at least somewhat well known indie games. Right. You know, Guacamelee included. Yeah. As far as pointing to people, specific people, yeah. I mean, I can't think of a game that does that. Oh, I'm not saying I think of a game. I'm saying, like, seeing the future as a possibility of gaming going towards that way. I think it's fun to think about. I don't doubt it. Twitch is growing incredibly fast, I think more than anybody predicted. But uh, And then, yeah, and then because of problems with Twitch, there's even more uh, game, video game exclusive streaming sites that are becoming more and more popular. Yeah, but if you think about like Twitch's biggest competitor, what do you have, like YouTube or Mixer or something like that? And as far as for watching live streams of video games, neither of those come close, you know? You know, I don't know a whole lot about any of any of that stuff. Like, I don't know what makes one streaming service better than the other. Nothing. Uh, Popularity. But, but like, that's, that's the thing, and too. And also accessibility. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Well, I mean, what's more accessible than YouTube, though, you know? And, like, and like, but people are, like, strangely wary about, like, 
if some like essentially worry about like y like YouTube streaming, and I don't I don't I like there's probably uh, there might there's be a reason like, behind a, it, but I don't get it. Uh, from what I understand, and if I'm wrong, correct me. Uh, as far as um, the ease of it is apparently a lot e easier to stream on Twitch than YouTube. Okay, I've never streamed on Google or uh, well Google YouTube same thing, uh, but yeah, so I, I don't really know. I know Mixer is supposed to be incredibly easy to use. But it's, no, it's like using a Windows phone, right? Like nobody wants to do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Mitchell would tell you otherwise. Yeah, uh, Microsoft rather would tell well, you otherwise. Well, E three this year, um, from what they have said, their only thing on the field floor is going to be Mixer. Yeah, their thing is going to be in the Microsoft. Uh, uh, I've been seeing like I I don't like I can count on one hand the number of times that I've seen uh, people mention Mixer and and in the in the context of this is what I'm streaming on but like it was it's noteworthy to me because I didn't expect anybody that I know to say hey I'm gonna I have a mixer uh, channel set up yeah well, that person's a, dead now sure there's a lot of problems <laughs> there's a lot of problems with twitch and how fast it's grown there's a tremendous amount of problems with twitch in general but yeah, so it I'm is saying, the preferred method, right? Oh, it has the larger audience, yeah. so yeah, of course people are really, so. But I still like I, but I also have seen people go to Mixer, and I don't, and I'm just like, oh, I get your choice. I started to feel like the distinction is like like with like Band Aid or Walmart adhesive bandages. It yeah. is, and like you know, you like you said, you know, people that have gone to Mixer, and like it's one of those situations where you're like, oh, I'm sorry, like you know, like it's not a good thing you want to hear, but why is that? You know, like there's no really no real reason for that. From what I gather, Mixer works just as well, if not better. Uh, Microsoft knows computer software. You know? you know, I guess it's just like I wonder, like, at, like if we're if we're talking about if we're talking about a spectator, not not a streamer, but like somebody who just likes to consume the content. What is the difference? The difference is that like. Uh, I, you're a lot, you're a lot less likely to get titty cams. Sure. The great thing about uh, about Mixer. And even about that? YouTube gaming, uh, and any other site for that matter, that I think we will see growth in those sites, not to the extent of Twitch, but we will see Mixer grow, is that if you were exclusively streaming on Mixer, <coughs> you have far less competition than you would on Twitch. Well, what, I, didn't, I didn't think about that aspect. Yeah. Good point. Well, it makes me wonder what what like we should totally just put the show on Vimeo instead of YouTube. Well, the cool thing about Vimeo <laughs> is we'll probably get about as many. Look, if you want if you want to if you want to make a video with no rules, how hard you, would it for us to be a crackle exclusive? <laughs> <laughs> well, what gets me about what gets me about people's wariness of YouTube gaming is that you're watching YouTubers play games there already. Yeah. A lot of people are, but a lot of people aren't. Like, so many people want that live. Well, like, I'm know. talking about, like, Cause the, people cause who... The audience interaction. Like, they, they will go to YouTube to watch the pre-recorded stuff. Right. But they but they won't stay there to watch the live stuff. stuff. And I guess I don't understand that. And I have, if it's somebody who I just happen to watch their content on YouTube. Yeah. But I mean, we think, think We think about, like... I'd be lying if I didn't watch more live gameplay on Twitch. Uh, because we think, like, also think about, like, the when we when we would tune in for E3 shows, right? Yeah. Like, that stuff is available on Twitch, but we always go to YouTube. Yeah, but, That's I mean... Old men. No, it's because Google's stream quality is higher than YouTube's. Oh, I was just teasing. But... Google's stream quality is higher than what? Their stream quality, the quality of Google's streams is higher than that of, not YouTube, of uh, Twitch. Amazon Twitch. Right. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know. I just it, it just makes sense to like if I can get everything if I get get what I'm looking for in the same place. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying that like I because I, I don't know like where Twitch streamers are streaming. I don't know if they're doing more than one. Stream. I don't know if it's possible to do more than one streaming service. It is. Time, a lot but, of people do three of them at once. You yeah. Know? Um, but, but if I'm if I'm already on YouTube watching one of their old videos, and why don't I just stay on YouTube to watch the video that they're doing right now? Yeah. Um, I, I don't get it. Um, and that's probably why I'm not internet famous, but, um, not yet. Sure. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's some, there's somebody in the Ukraine that likes us. So, that's true. uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I never understood the, I, I feel like, excuse me, not now. So check it out. It's dead. By the way, if you're an audio listener, check it out. It's dead. Sorry. Yeah. We're replacing it. Uh, oh, we're going. We didn't we're really set it. We didn't. Set Our it. audio tanked this week, and the only difference that I could see is that check it out was no longer a thing. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a correlation yeah. equals causation kind of person, but like, sure, it seems <laughs> too too much of a. So it seems like people really like to check it out. At least the audio listeners did. Uh, also, I mean, since we are focusing on video more, is the funny thing about check it out is that like, the funny thing about check it out to me is that like. Every evolution of Check It Out was to make it more visual, and and that's not my like the, my problem with Check It Out is that I wanted to do something that was more creatively fulfilling, and Check It Out at least for me I won't speak, you know, on your guys' behalf, but at least for me, I found myself putting less and less effort into it. Yeah, and I feel like it was the same from you guys. Well, it was. I, I yeah. think that when it, goes, when it gets to the point where that becomes apparent, then that. I think then when that when it gets to the point that where that comes to be that starts to become apparent, then that means that like. Can I stop watching the video games? <laughs> Sorry, I'm also trying not to laugh because every time I say a parent, I just want to be like and a child. <laughs> Why are you so weird? I hate you. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> like I'm so, I, I'm so see, tired. Okay, so I gave you coffee. Off, okay, off camera, I came to Shanae's Shanae's defense because she was getting she was getting verbally beat up, and now I'm finding it really hard to do that. I was the abuser, by the way. <laughs> I was getting I bullied. Be. Bullied. Uh, good game. Good game. GG. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think when it goes when it when that becomes obvious, is this like then maybe we just shouldn't do that anymore. Um, yeah, and uh, I think it's. I my think whole thing is like I'm not bringing check it out back just because you like it. I'm sorry. I, but yeah. I also think sure. it's I also think it's funny that me and him both when we, when we got here relatively soon after we got here we both were like Tom we have this idea for. Uh, yeah. For procedural generation, right? And I like I was, that. I was about to I switch it, to and be, I stopped myself. I want some outlet for <laughs> the community to contribute as much or as little as they want to, and for us to have some, like I said, just be more creative. And also, we we it, aired our first scripted thing last week. It did quite well on YouTube. It did very poorly. I didn't. I didn't say this. But I didn't say this to Tom. I told him that his script was great because I thought it was. But what I didn't mention is that I think he has a great voice for narration. And I don't think that he realizes that, but he does. But I think both of you have really good voices. I appreciate both of them. Um, they're, they're, uh, they're both pleasing. of your voices hurt my ears. <laughs> I feel like they're bleeding when you guys speak. I get that a lot. And I would like you to shut up now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
But no, I just I just want I want us to all be able well, to do what also, we want. We also we want people to send us stuff. Like right. if you just want to like put it out there and Well, like, that's I think that It's good we got onto this. It's good I, we I, got I think that, I think that Tom, you kind of hit the nail on the head when a moment ago when you said we're not bringing check it out back just cuz you like it. Right. Because uh, we very much had the from the day one, uh we said that we wanted this to be a show that we wanted to make right. and not a show that we just thought people would watch. Um because that's one that's a really that's a really quick way to find yourself like just going through the motions and not having a good time. Well, I mean, we don't. Thing. It's no secret we don't get paid for this. No, we don't. Why are we gonna do something we don't want to do? I think. <laughs> you know? sure. I think from the. Uh, I think it's quite. I think it's quite apparent. Yeah. Except for from UEP Systems. <laughs> right. We are sponsored by UEP. Yeah. And they're uh, not... Creators of Cool Borders, too. They're not in a position to say otherwise. So, so yeah. <laughs> if they wanted to bring us to court, I will be very surprised. <laughs> but they won't, so... Moral court. Uh, <coughs> yeah. But no, like... Uh, yeah, I just think, like, there will be game recommendations on there. I'm sure they, there will be, you know? Yeah. Um, but... but... Uh, also, that kind of uh, segues to something. Uh, Ryan, me and, me and Tommy already agreed on this, so we're we're telling you about this now. Okay. Uh, we're gonna You're off the show. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> the oh, yeah, the stamp. Um, <laughs> at the end of shows now, I'm going to ask you guys. Oh, you're right, right, A right, 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 right. simple question. We're trying it out, Shanae. We're trying it out. It means lasting it's, forever. This is called a pilot program. You know what a pilot program is? Yeah. Oh, God damn it! Let me you got it. one chance. Don't fuck it Let up. Let me finish. Okay. <laughs> we don't do let me finish anymore, but so we don't have to shut up. Right? <laughs> also, you did not win trivia. <laughs> yeah. Technically, I won trivia. So can I finish? <laughs> some, <laughs> some biased ass trivia. Okay. Um, he almost got it. Uh, milk. I milk know babes. he did because you said you said before milk the show duds. Brian would probably get this. I said it, I think he had a chance. Anyway, I, you knew I did not. Anyways. I don't know how much Oom Jammer Lammy you love. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I want to do... You're not allowed to have Blue Moon anymore. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I just need more sleep. I need a lot of things, actually. Finish your thoughts today. I, so, it's finishing your thoughts. Okay. So what I'm going to do is near the end of the show, I'm going to ask you guys a, a opinion question. Okay. How about um, it? And it's going to be normally just a short answer. I don't need you to ex like expand upon it more than a minute. Okay. Uh, and you know then, I'm gonna. Sure. I feel like it's more going to be Ryan than you, to be honest. Why? Because you do it. Anyways. <laughs> I do it. All right, go Anyways. ahead. Anyways, and then next week in the beginning of the show, I'm going to ask the question again and see and if, see if your You opinion. mean instead of trivia? I like segments. No, in addition to trivia. In addition. And see if your opinion has changed. And if not, cool. And if so, uh, why has it changed? Okay. That's all. It's a quick thing. So. So. Uh, real quick <laughs> who do you think? Who do you think is the best? Uh, I guess best second player, side character, little brother in video games. Mike Hagar. Okay. It could be Luigi or Waluigi. What do you mean, like literally, a second player is controlling that person? Oh, uh, like you're gonna do co-op and like it's in the story. Can oh. that person like matters a lot? Earl. Like what I what I'm getting at, like it has like to be Mario, a multiplayer thing or just like a second fiddle to the main character. Yeah, like or it could be like Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Mario, Luigi. So uh, like I'm still wondering, like does it does it have to be a multiplayer game though? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Th then Earl. Oh, fuck. 
sorry. Has to be multiplayer? Or the other guy in Dead Space 3. <laughs> Who's Earl? From Tojab and Earl. <laughs> that game sucks. <laughs> Earl's cool though. Alright. <laughs> That's a hard Quick one. decisions, man. Yeah, I guess it has to be Luigi. My, and I'm gonna be honest with you, my, my opinion is not gonna change because I'm not gonna play George Ember Earl between now and next week. <laughs> but you'll have time to think about one that you like more. Sure. Which yeah. is why I like this, sure. Luigi, yeah. because my answer will change. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it probably won't be Earl next week, but for right now, Earl's cool. Yeah. So what do you wanna, what do you wanna play, Tom? Uh, I wanna plug a little game by the name of Near Automata. <laughs> <laughs> play it, it's fantastic. Even if you've not played any of the rest of the series, it is a wonderful game. Uh, extremely emotional on all levels, sad, happy, whatever. Angry. Uh, Tom, how close is this game? How how close did this game get to evoking a tear drinking? Emotion? Extremely. Okay. Extremely close, which is rare for me. Because uh, you don't have emotions. It's very, very good. And I, I warn Ryan that I don't know if he'll like it or not because it is a lot about, you know, what does it mean to be human? Which has been touched on on things like, you know, next Machina, Blade Runner, Terminator, whatever, right? So but the, not ever in quite this way. Tom. Tom thinks that I can't enjoy fiction about androids because I don't I... either. Why? Because you just gotta want them to be dead. <laughs> All right. You hate them. Okay. You so... hate them, and it and it and the bl and the the rage and the fury blinds you to everything well, else. I thought I thought Ex Machina was <laughs> was a very good, if not terrifying, film. But you you uh, never sympathized with Ava in watching that film. But if you if. For those of what you about, who have seen it, you'll know that I shouldn't have. What about so. the robots and Wally? You totally should have. Why? What about the robots and Wally? How do you feel about those? Uh, well, terrified. <laughs> <laughs> well, like no, because you mean like, that horror flick, <laughs> that slasher <laughs> flick, Wally. <laughs> but no, I cry at the end of Terminator Two every time I watch it. But Terminator is different, though. If we're talking about what does it mean to be human, because. What what what's, was, what's the last thing he says? I know not why you cry, but it's something I can never do. Right. What if it's something he could do? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, that dude can even smile. Yikes. It's like the opposite, you know. Sure. You know, I, it's 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 like machine life forms on the lowest level showing emotion, you know. Like I like like I iRobot. So. Yeah, but he's like taking them down. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's friends with the he's friends with the one robot. Anyways, it's a great game. Uh, touches on all that stuff and a lot more. Uh, touches on like even like racial profiling to an extent. It's Tom, really good. Do you think this game would make me cry? Because you know how you, I know, fear, you know my yes. proclivities. Like I don't know. I think that like, like th I just want if you can get past this whole AI thing, then yes, I do think it would. Look, like but, I, okay, so here's here's the analogy that I'm gonna use. So, so like okay, I'm not I'm not a fan of real life psychopathic murderers, but I really love Jason Voorhees, right? Sure. So I yeah, could... but you don't like you're not sympathetic towards Jason <laughs> Voorhees. Well, that he had a bad childhood, you know, like they drowned him, and you know, so you know I could I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that, but <laughs> I, I, say, I can see why he does what he does. <laughs> Kill for mother. <laughs> no, but I think that, like, you know, in a fictional, like, setting, like, yeah, I'd be, I'll be okay. Like, I just, I don't want those things to be real. 
I don't want to be. Well, all of it's fictional. And then, yes, I think like, it'll make you cry. I think it'll make you laugh. I think it'll make you angry. Uh, all scared. of the above. I can distinguish fantasy from reality, Shanae. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's a good plug. Yeah, so do it. I might. I'll, I'll, I'll play that sometime within the next two years. Uh, anyway, that is the Save Continue podcast. As always, it is a pleasure to bring this show to you. I thought you were going to say it's a pleasure doing business with you. <laughs> it's a pleasure doing business with you. We love you. Go up. My name is Ryan Robinson. This here's Shanae Howard. Bye, guys. Tom Shelby. Goodbye. On behalf of You Up Systems, have a good one. <laughs>